Hey, Owen, guess what? What? Because of the past, the prequel short story to the Into the Wild series is out right now on all ebook platforms. Oh my god! So, for anyone who is interested in young adult adventures, wolves, and just hearing things from wolf perspectives, and also is interested in getting into a series about adventure and young adult sort of vibes, go order Echoes of the Past right now. It's uh. It's pretty good if I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> if one was to say so themselves. If one was to say so themselves. And we are English, so, you know, we like to say... We like to say so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the link is going to be in the episode show notes, uh, so go check it out. It is only ebook, but hopefully you'll enjoy it all the same. And the follow-up is coming August 20th. Which will be in paperback and ebook entitled Home to the Wild. <laughs> Before we begin, just to let you guys know our logo artwork was designed by Nickel Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning this podcast does contain spoilers for the Ryorden Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to The Best Damn Camp, a Rodenverse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today I am joined by a brilliant friend and guest, my fellow Brit, Owen from Through the Mist. Thanks Boom. for joining. Boys. Hello boys. <laughs> Hi boys. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Tell everyone Hi. who you are, all that good stuff. Yes, so uh, my name's Owen. I am also British and I run a podcast called Through the Mist, all about the lore of the Voidenverse. So yes. I talk about Percy Jackson, Kane Chronicles, Magnus Chase, and uh, and your friend of mine, Fran, was recently on an episode. So go listen to that. Yes, talking about centaurs and cyclopses i nearly forgot what they were called for a second just like wait what i, I forgot they were called in the episode fan it's fine <laughs> it was a good episode and all the episodes through the mist are really fascinating stuff if you're someone into world building and all that sort of stuff through the mist is the place you want to be so go check it out wherever you listen to podcasts don't don't go yeah like finish this episode and then yeah, yeah. go so, listen just through the yeah mist. so what you're going to do is you're going to listen to this then you're going to type through the mist you're going to press search, and then it's going to be the one with the green background and pink text, and then you're going to press follow, and you can come back to it later. Yes, go do that. That That is the way to do it, because we enjoy supporting fellow Percy Jackson podcasters, as we all should. So, we're doing a very exciting uh, episode today, because it is the finale for The King Chronicles, The Red Pyramid. Uh, we're looking at chapter 39, 
Oh, wait, no, hold on. I put the wrong... <laughs> I've got the wrong chapter titles in. That's but Got the awkward. right chapter numbers, bro. <laughs> yeah. Right chapters, wrong ones. Okay, so, okay, so it's uh, it's chapter 39, Zaya Tells Me a Secret. Uh, hang on. Cha- uh, chapter 40, I ruin a rather important spell. Yeah. And 41, we stop the recording for now. <laughs> oh, God. That's so embarrassing. How did I not realize? Like, I deliver a love note is from chapter 30. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, those are the three chapters. And they're the final chapters of the Red Pyramid. Uh, the first two, 39 and 40, are from Sadie's POV. And then the last chapter is in Carter's point of view. And it's very distressing to me that it is not an even number. Um, but I will get to that later. <laughs> it's Start very distressing. <laughs> I can't stand uneven chapter numbers. It's just, I, no. I think that's so, so guys, if you're not a fan of uh, uneven chapter numbers, I'm sure Fran's book will be even because she's wrote it. So therefore it's going to have even. Yeah, actually, now that you said it, it's like, is mine? Am I actually complaining about something that's not remotely okay for you to argue about? I think it's, I think they're even. Yeah, no, they are. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Now that you've said it, oh, I'm if, very angry. If I have thrown her under the bus, this is going to be great. <laughs> um, okay, no, no, no. Even, even, we're good. Even chapters, even oh, chapters good, on both the novel and the short story. Okay, that's great. That's good. My anger is justified and it's not hypocritical. <laughs> now, you can't, now you've got to make sure it's the same for all the other stories. This yes. Is oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Just right, add a okay. one-page chapter at the end if you're running short. <laughs> I mean, I'm the sort of person who always does an epilogue. I love a good epilogue, so that's all. That I'm always good for that. Uh, <laughs> but okay, moving on from my nearly hypocritical <laughs> chapter count. Um, as always, of course, uh, for the best end count, we've got the points to focus on. So today, we've got narrative finale, relationships, and generally what we thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis from owen okay so here's the rundown guys chapter 39 we uh we go and uh we go and is that hang on we go and find out about everything can we learn basically what's about to happen in the next few chapters chapter 30 goodbye set and oh no chapter 40 goodbye set doing a bad <laughs> thing with the numbers now and then chapter 41 is okay and here's the setup for the next one <laughs> <laughs> We'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. We're going to go that into is, detail. That is we? what happens. Is admittedly we go in detail anyway. So that's a definitely that is a concise, limited, like description, but in a good way of what does happen. So we can appreciate that. So round of Thank applause. You. Round of applause. Round of applause. <laughs> um, but let's start with it right away with uh, chapter 39 Zia tells me a secret and here is the overview for chapter 39 Sadie isn't much of a healer but she tries her best and in return she gains Seth's secret name Evil Day really original, love that with his name it is time for her to go and help Carter but as per She is distracted and puts her hand on her father's sarcophagus and is thrown into a vision. She sees Anubis, Bast, Iskandar, and even the events that led to her mother's death. As it turns out, 
It was Isis who had been communicating with Rudy King. Angry and grief-stricken, she pulls her hand back and her father's image appears, and all her anger at him comes out as she ta- as he tells her she needs to do what is hardest. Would you give up your father to save the world, she remembers, and sadly, that is exactly what she will have to do. Bum, bum, <laughs> I was very proud of myself for that bullet point. <laughs> <laughs> Was a, was a, that's a solid last bullet point. Just about the evil day thing. I do. I I've. I do. Kind of just love when you get told it. What it's like. He was born and it was an evil day. I'm just, I've always kind of <laughs> enjoyed that sentence. Yeah, it was. I kind of like it. It was like that sort of goofy sort of thing. I was like, well, I guess they're not wrong, but <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, yeah, that's that good. that's a good name. <laughs> that's a good secret name. All I can think is, like, surely someone would have thought to say it was, like, Evil Day at some point because him being about made it an evil day because <laughs> he was chaos and evil. Yeah. I I can't remember. The, I can't quite remember the rules for learning a secret name. But it's not no. it's not like you can just come across it. You've got to, like, properly understand it or get told yeah. by someone that understands it. Yeah, something like that. It was, yeah. I don't know, it, it always made me laugh. But... Which they kind of cheat on for that one as well. <laughs> yeah. I guess if someone has your name, they can give the name to someone else. But... Yes, but they that's that's how they cheat they cheat round that with uh Zaya and Nephistis this this Oh that's true. That is true. Although it's kind yeah, it's kinda half cheating and also kinda half not because I guess Zia's Shabti is kind of also Nephthys, so they yeah. kind of have yeah. It's stupid. It's stu- I. Do. <laughs> it's her mouthpiece. I think it's her mouthpiece. Yes, which I guess kind of it does make sense, but at the same time, it's kind of like okay, sure, sure. We'll let we'll let you have that. <laughs> we'll give you that one. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So let's talk about chapter thirty nine and what happens with uh. This. So I don't know if you've heard my recent episodes, but I um I'm not a fan of Sadie. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I think is a surprise to many because Sadie is most people it's not like they don't like Sadie, but I don't think anyone outright dislikes Sadie like I do. I think I'd have come to like her later on, but at current, not a fan. Um and this chapter just summarised it all for me. But I, I'll let you go first so I don't start my rants first. What's wrong with Sadie? <laughs> it's more... Okay, so I, I, I'll start off with the rant then. Um... <laughs> you, can't, you can't set up a rant and then go, oh, and talk about something else because all I can think about is your rant. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right, okay. So it's chapter 39 specifically that kind of brings up my reasoning behind why I'm not the biggest fan of Sadie and it's because she's a hypocrite in some ways and she's not the most developed because like basically the thing that frustrates me is the discussion kind of that she has with her dad in this chapter of uh like he comes forward and she's like seen the vision of what happened to her mum which is like She's been kind of seeing things and they're going to sort something out. He's kind of a bit, the dad's a bit nervous. He doesn't really know what's happening, but they still go forward with it and Ruby dies. And Sadie quite literally blames her dad 
for her mum's death and tells him to his face that she hates him and then follows it up with like internal thoughts of it's his fault she's dead and even kind of technically blaming him in her words saying why didn't you do anything I hate you then like immediately afterwards and so the real <laughs> okay so <laughs> I mean I get that yeah I, that I make sense I get it but considering everything that's happened in the book I kind of I don't get why she blames her dad for her mum's death or for leaving her because she blames him for leaving her as well when like all I can think is like I don't understand how she can't see that like neither of them knew except maybe maybe Ruby knew in some way that she would die none of the like they didn't know what was going to happen they kind of knew something wasn't quite right but they didn't know she was going to die seemingly you see it a lot in other media where if i mean it's i mean okay throw back to the percy jackson series because it's the first one that pops into my head but the bianca thing Mm. okay so Yes, it's a bit more of an obvious they're going to die situation. I'll give him that. But at the same time, it's that point where Nico fully blames Percy. But really? Percy basically did everything he could to save her. But he, but you still... It's that thing where you see it in a lot of other media as well, where there's two people in a situation, one dies, whoever is a friend of them will, will blame the other person that was there just because they're there. Mm. If someone else is there, there's always this thing at the back of their, at the back of whoever is wounded's head that goes, well, why couldn't they do something? It would probably be the same if it was reversed. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter who dies, because most of the time they're friendly with both of them. But it's that thing in the back of the head where they always go, well, why couldn't have you done something? And it's that's the emotional bit that just pops out of her. It's just straight away yeah. just goes, why couldn't you do anything? Well, just what? And then her rational thought kicks in about five seconds later and goes, well, of course he couldn't do anything. Yeah, although not as much. And that's kind of when the issue for me comes in is that she doesn't... Like she says, I didn't mean that, but then kind of follows up sort of saying, but I did. <laughs> like internal monologue-wise of like, her kind of confirming to herself that she did blame her dad for her mum dying and I mean, you can, leaving her behind. It's, it's that thing. She goes, okay, I've bl- I blame him. I blamed him. But suddenly in this moment, when I've told him how much that I was internally just keeping in, how much I hated him, I've suddenly gone, actually, I do like him. <laughs> yeah. It's that. It's She's released all her, like, that. The idea behind that, I guess, is she's had all this internal build-up of feeling neglected because her father didn't take her with her um, yeah. and for whatever reasons you can ignore everything else but that that was the thing inside her the going well you didn't take me you took carter but you didn't take me why didn't you take me as well yeah why wasn't i with you so it's that i think i think yeah. in that moment it's her go it's her just shoving all of that right at the front because suddenly she's also found out that he was there the night her mum died. And she also found out, like, finally every reason why her mum died. And it's just so much of just, it all comes to the forefront. She goes, I just 
resent you, but at the same time, I love you. But I still resent you, and I still have resented you, but right now, I'm both hating you and forgiving you within, like, five seconds of each other. Yeah. The only issue is... is I wish that was shown because she she doesn't say she loves him. At no point does she say those words. I think if that had happened, I think I'd be kind of a little bit more okay with it because like it kind of it, it happens. She has these thoughts, and then it's never addressed again. Like she doesn't kind of talk about how she feels afterwards. Like there's no understanding. Yeah, it's very like much in that moment. Now I'm going to go save my brother. <laughs> yeah, and then never brought up again. Suddenly it's kind of like fine. Um, and admittedly, I'm also the one person where I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I know she's a child. I know I'm technically bullying a child. <laughs> but like, in my no, no, head... No, 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 no. Okay, no, <laughs> Fran, you are not bullying a child. You're bullying the author that wrote the child. Okay, we'll that go with that. Feel better. That does that make me feel, feel somewhat better. <laughs> but <laughs> well, no, you're she... not pulling a child. You're you're pointing out plot holes in how an adult wrote a child. Exactly. And how okay, they that does wrote make the child it... better as a better example for other childs. Yes, other childs. I love that. Um, <laughs> but I think the only additional thing for it is that I do get somewhat frustrated that she's angry at her dad for leaving her. When we hear from her in like the first couple of chapters that she knows that her grandparents only fought for her. Like he was fighting for both of them, but they like fought against him in court for custody of Sadie. So she knows that because she talks about it. So she knows her grandparents are the reason. Yeah, but she also, this was also happening when she was five. So at that point, she has no idea what's going on. That's By true. the time she's, what, 12 in this book? Yeah, 12 in this book, yeah. Um, by the time she's 12, she now knows the logical reasoning behind everything. But there's still the emotional damage. Yeah, which I do emotional get. Emotional yeah. damage. Yeah, I know. I need to be I need to be more understanding. But it's just one of those things. Cause like... Basically, Sadie needed therapy to resolve all these issues. But instead, she just shouted at her dad that she hated her. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't <laughs> great. <laughs> she's had um... a poor, she's had a really bad family dynamic. Yeah, I mean, which doesn't help one... that her grandparents are racist, but you know. At one point later on, uh, uh, when she looks at Carter and goes, like, I didn't want to go back to how we were when we used to pretend to basically know each other and like each other because yeah. we were strangers to each other. She doesn't want to be strangers with him. So, like, someone that she... I mean, she has affection for definitely the whole way through. I don't think... Mm. <laughs> I, I've always seen it that, but it's that thing of she looks at him and goes, well, I know him now and I didn't and I don't want to go back to not knowing who he is. Yeah. Which it, I think that sums up Sadie's entire like family dynamic is yes. that she wants to know these people and she, but she never has and she never, and at least definitely when she was younger, never understood why she wasn't allowed to. Yeah. And that I, I can understand from that perspective. Like, I know, and it's because my logical brain won't switch off. Because in my head, I'm like, honey, you know, they wouldn't even let Carter in the house, mate. <laughs> like, you know, it's your grandparents. <laughs> they wouldn't let him in the house when he first turned up. You know why. But also, I get it because you are a kid. You have high emotions. And all you're just seeing is that these are the ones who weren't there. So I get I it. But also... Logic brain is like, come on. 
just to be clear, I understand where you're coming from. I'm just trying to find the arguments against it. Yeah, no, it's fair. I'm glad that you did because it's good. It's good. It's good. (laughs) I appreciate it. I don't want to feel like I'm just (laughs) piling on you going, you're wrong, you're wrong. It's all good. It's all good. I totally got what you're meaning. And also it makes sense. And it's good because it means I'm not dogpiling on Sadie like I usually do. (laughs) Can we dogpile on Zaya though? Can we dogpile on Zaya in this chapter? She just annoys me in this chapter. Yeah, I didn't really understand. Yeah, she got sidelined. I love that. So Zai's a great character, but in this like this moment when she's on the yeah. floor, and it's just like, come on. Yeah. What, then they're like going, "I'm the mouthpiece. We're gonna talk in riddles because we don't want to make the spoiler for children like me when I was reading it, not understanding what's about to occurring and just getting very confused." Yeah. I didn't. I, I when I first read the books, I did not at all pick up on any of the clues. For example, Set being Anubis being possessed by Set and Zaya being a Shabzi. Not once did I pick no, up those clues. No. Emily, even though Zia is a Shabzi, there is no clue whatsoever. Look, the, the one clue is the blue light in that leaves her chest in that one Carter's gonna sneak round the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in like when they were at the House of Life. But even that, that it's then, not really much that, evidence. That's a, that, that's a really that's a clue that we don't know as a clue until like halfway through the book when we meet Thoth. And then everything and then all the other clues are right now in yeah. that chapter. And I didn't pick up on a single one when I first read it. Yeah. I've got to say I had the same issue with the whole Amos's set thing, because like I mentioned it in the previous episode of like they talk about how like Set was possessing Amos from the start, and I was like, uh, "No, he couldn't have been." I didn't even, I didn't even pick up on the cl- the cloud clue that was supposed to be a clue. <laughs> yeah, Emily, those ones I can pick up now, and I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, there was this whole thing of like, uh, like Amos was meant to have been possessed by Set since the museum, and I was like, "But where is the evidence for this?" Because like suddenly, in the most like last couple of chapters, is we've the, been getting so many hints. Does he does he have red hieroglyphs from the start? I don't know. As far because as I'm aware, because the colour of the hieroglyphs do depend on who possessed you. Or who yeah. Although at that point we'd have no information about that. Yeah, whatsoever. we don't know about that. But I don't know if that's technically a clue. Yeah. Some. Yeah. Probably something along those lines. But I remember reading it and being like, <laughs> just in the last week's episode, being like, "Oh, that's rubbish." <laughs> like, See, I brought that one up because I saw the. You asked that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, go and go and go and respond to fans' questions that she puts up, guys. So, yeah. Thanks. Yes, I would appreciate that because it's a lot of fun. Um, Any anything else we want to talk about from thirty nine then? Um, I think. I think oh, the ISIS bit we could mention the fact that ISIS was in connection with Sadie's mum. I thought it was an interesting twist. Yeah, I think it it but it it's made a lot cooler a bit later. Um, yeah, it is like that whole the fact that because they were both connected, that that means Sadie and her mum are a bit more can be a bit more connected. It just yeah, it's a very you get very nice wholesome moments later. Yeah, no, I did like that. I like that was in the only thing, and again, it's more the, the I needed more setup for that of like I would have liked a possible mention that Isis and Ruby Kane were connected in some way, like a hint. Because that did feel like, a bit like... Like when when, okay. when when Isis is angry at some point, she just goes, this wouldn't have happened with your... And then stops. Yeah. Or she just accidentally calls her Ruby. 
Because that was the thing that Sadie looks a bit more like her mum, like she accidentally calls her Ruby. Yeah. And that's kind of like a small little thing. And she's like, what? And she's like, Sadie! And then just kind of carries on like nothing happened. Yeah, like yeah. Something as, like that. as you would if you were God hiding thing. a secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a small little thing, I think, would have kind of helped that. Because I, I did read it and it's kind of like, okay, sure. <laughs> sure. Fine. Fine. Cool. <laughs> um, I guess. Yeah. Brings everything a bit more full circle, but yeah, there's just that's a few issues that I've had with this is that there are just some things where I'm like, I think this needed a bit more like drip feeding in in previous sections because like all this is, information, is very... Amos, Zia, and all that sort of stuff has happened it in like, a... the last five chapters. Yeah, it is a very sudden, and here's all the information at the end. Sort of. Yeah, sort of. and this. Is I mean, I know, I know. I think, I think you could pull that out with a lot of books, but I think compared to some of uh, Rick's other works. This is one of the higher, and here's everything. Yeah, which is a bit unfortunate because, like, there were areas where this could have been brought in, or like areas that could have been cut out to have this be more, like, more threaded through in other areas. Um, but I think this is the the, the issue. And I think Rick somewhat realised it because all the books after the Red Pyramid are so much shorter. I think he realised he needed to be a bit more concise. Like, the next book, so Throne of Fire, is, like, 20 chapters shorter? Really? Re- yeah, something like that. Hold Jeez. on. Let me just double check. So, this book is 41 chapters. The, the next Throne one is 24. 24 chapters for Throne of Fire. So, nearly half. Yeah. Gone. <laughs> They're that. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> Um, and also, even numbers. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's my even numbers. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very particular about it. Um, but I think that's all. She says but... and then produces the book. <laughs> God, the day that happens, I'll be so stressed. I'm like, no, I need to add something. I can't have it be uneven. <laughs> Talking Can to I a publisher. Merge two like... chapters together somewhere. Yeah, literally, I'd just be like, no, I can't do it. I can't do, do it. Just do a Lord of the Rings and have an absolute massive chapter of just dialogue. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but I think that's all for chapter 39 for me. Do you have anything further f- from you? Uh, so, what happens in 39 again? So, Amos and Zaya, uh, she looks back in the past, finds out things. It's very Sadie focused. Then she goes to help her brother. I think we're good. Yeah. All good. All right. Okay. So we're heading into chapter 40. I ruin a rather important spell. Uh, Owen, do you want to read the overview bullet points for chapter 40? (laughs) Sadie comes to the rescue with Isis and transports them to Washington, away from Set's form of power, the desert. She then begins the spell uh, and Set, the pyramid, and his demon start to fade and fall apart. As the spell is working, Sadie notices a shimmering shape of a snake. Apophis has been waiting, intending to drain the power Set was generating. It is seeing this that Sadie does not destroy Set. Instead, she gives him a bargain. Help him in the war against Apophis and cause no trouble. Till then, or be destroyed. Thankfully, he chooses the first. The battle done, the siblings return to the injured and find Zare crumbling to dust. 
She was a Shabti. And the real Zaya is hidden elsewhere. Devastated by, lo by losing both Zaya and their father, Sarcophagus, the siblings leave with Amos before the Popo arrives. <laughs> yep, do not want to be there in Washington, especially considering as we find out I think it's I think it's in the next chapter that like they declared it a terrorist incident for like an hour, and I'm like, oh no, it's just like shiny lights, our bad. Oopsies. <laughs> Within an hour, it's crazy. Um, so it's probably a good idea because the police are crazy. Um, but yeah, and that is chapter forty. Um, this is quite I've got to say this was quite an interesting chapter. This has the section where you mentioned about like Sadie realizing. You know, she doesn't want to go back to being strangers with Carter after, like, Set puts, like, a niggle of doubt in, like, Carter's mind about something that Sadie's doing because she starts to kind of deviate from the plan of destroying Set. Yes, the, the original plan, she she invents plan B. Yeah, <laughs> that with, without, you know, group, <laughs> group decision. She's like, no, she we're just going to do this. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? This is why you got to communicate. <laughs> and then she does. She yes. does communicate by throwing Which is the good. feather of truth into the sky and going, guys, look, there's a big snake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like, like that. I like that's her form of communication. So to say, like, hey, no, I saw something. We need something. Do this. And then, <laughs> then say everything after. Do this and go, here's proof before I even have to prove it to you. Exactly. Um... I like it. I like that we have that element. And then, also, this is the thing. So I talked about this in the previous episode as well. I like that the fighting isn't what defeats the enemy. It is, like, street smarts, basically. Being like, hey, you know, we have to work together, so either be dumb and try and fight us and die, or be a smart, cool kid and join us to fight a giant snake. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of negotiating in these books. Yes. I like it. I really like it. I don't know if it's because I'm someone who's not like... I don't... It's not like I hate like big fight scenes. Like, the battle at Olympus in like The Last Olympian, for example. Love. Still bigger fan. Like, I prefer negotiation because like also these are kids. Kids cannot beat gods. <laughs> at least they shouldn't be able to. Unless they are the gods themselves. You know that. <laughs> yes. That Kinda. whole thing that's going on at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know, I just, I like that it's not physical prowess that defeats the bad guy. It is thinking on your feet and using like negotiation tactics to, to, to win the day. Um, I just, I just like it. I, I think it's something fresh, something you wouldn't normally expect and something that is in a sense like an action adventure story is for the action to be battle negotiation. <laughs> I mean, so the action is almost, it's like, it's like, so you got, you got Carter there just going, basically going, I need to buy time. That's what he's doing. And then Sadie goes, hmm, do you know what? Now I've trapped you. We're going to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Carter, you can calm down for a sec. We're just going to have a talk now, guys. So you don't hit me. Um, I know this is like, hmm, but just we're going to have a talk. We're going to talk it out. We're just going to talk it out, guys. Yeah. 
I like it. It's sort of like a, is this correct? Like it's a parlay. Is that is that the t term of like kind of... um no that's, that's part parlay in parts of the Caribbean is when uh you go. <laughs> Uh, I think I think it's when yeah I oh, think no. it's some form. I was wrong. It's a type of gambling. <laughs> it's a type Parle of gambling. Parlay is also definitely in part of the Caribbean as some form of negotiation tactic. Oh, possibly. Where, they where like they enforce whether if a pilot enforces the rules of parlay on another pilot. Yeah. They uh they like they like have to they can't have to list, hear them out effectively. I don't know. That's yeah. that, don't know. that's diving on knowledge I didn't realise I still had. <laughs> but it's doing something like that. It's basically it's action to lead to peace talks or at least, you know, not fully peace because like set is just sort of just in a sense slightly corralled. But it's a fight that leads to I keep wanting to say the word parlay, but I know that's not the actual term. What is the, the actual term? I got. Why have I just made that comparison? What? <laughs> I missed it. Uh, it's like the end of World War One. Um, oh, kinda, kinda. Because, because, okay, so yeah, the, it's allies, the Versailles thing. The isn't Allies, it? Seth and Sadie. Uh, not Set and Sadie, Cart and Sadie have won the battle slash the war. However, the other side it hasn't fully submitted defeat and more just gone fair enough. Right now, I could be in a worse situation. We'll peace out for a bit and then who knows? Or at least <laughs> in modern history we do know but like at the time <laughs> at the I was, time i was very much at was, the, who, it was, the who knows was very rhetorical question fam. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> i was just saying in case there's someone who's like a history nerd or buff who then comes into like my emails or dms being like well now that's not correct and I'm like we know we're making a reference kind of joke leave us alone <laughs> i'm making a reference because references because yeah. I had to research this for an episode <laughs> of Through the Mist. Guys, go oh, listen to Through the Mist. Yes, go listen to Through the Mist. Also, so it was called the like the the Versailles thing, wasn't it? Or is that am I wrong with that? Like the the contract that they had to sign was something to do with Versailles. Oh, I don't know that much information. Oh, uh, I may be wrong. I was looking. Oh at no, the reasons for I the think I am too. wrong. I think I am wrong because there was the Battle of Versailles, so is... that's the wrong thing. Is World War One one that was signed in a railway carriage? I think so. I think the treaty was signed in a railway carriage. One of the oh, two. Oh no, was. I was I was right. It's the Treaty of Versailles. I was. Was correct. it signed in a railway carriage? Um, I don't know. Oh no, think... Hall of Mirrors in the Palace of Versailles, Paris, France. So oh. no, not on a train. The other one was in signed a palace. On a <laughs> there was at least one of them. The war ended by us by signing something on a train. Okay, that's good to know. Um, I'll have to look up because I'm intrigued now. But this um, sort but of Seth, treaty... Sadie Carter. Yes. Anyway, the Red Pyramid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they've technically gone in their sort of treaty 
signed, kind of, by having yeah, they got yeah, they signed a treaty. That's what's happened. Yeah, they signed basically. a treaty. They signed a treaty with Set, where the treaty, where the uh, where, where where one side went, um, I won't do anything bad because you know my secret name, therefore uh, you can make me do stupid things. Yeah, um, but when I'm called upon, then I can do bad stuff, just not to you, but to Apophis. <laughs> yes. And I um, shall not return when I'm, until I'm called upon. Um, spoilers. Mm. <laughs> the, 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 line, the line called upon is very spoilers. Yeah. For the next book. It is. Um, but moving on to the current parts for chapter 14. So we've got the Zia reveal in this chapter about Zia. Um, yeah, this is the thing. I mentioned that basically, like the Zia part is something that, like, kind of even now does surprise me because, like, as we mentioned before, it does feel a little bit kind of sudden. But at the same time, it kind of makes sense of like the reason why Zia is a Shabti is because she is a fire magician and Nephthys is a water goddess who's hosted herself in a fire magician's body, which is not exactly the best combination. Yeah. So the logic is it there. Really it could have just been a little bit better foreshadowed. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Logic is there. And also, I mean, I've, I've always felt conflicted about why did you, but like, why did, what's his name? Iskar? Iskar? Oh, Iskandar, yeah. Um, why, like, it's such an, I feel like it's such an odd way to protect them. Because yeah. that's the whole reason, is like, instead of, like, in my head, surely the easiest thing to do is ask Nesfist to politely leave her body, because you're still free, but just can you not inhabit my magician, please? And I feel like Nephis is one of these gods that would be quite willing to leave her, especially because she's a fire magician. <laughs> And she's yeah. a water goddess. I feel like that would be quite a willing thing. She would be quite a willing participant in that. Yeah. I no, re- instead I'm going to knock you out, hide you somewhere that no one knows except me, and um, and replace you with a shabti. Yeah. It was, of course yeah, I'm going to hide you with some vague bits of important treasure. But, you know. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. It, it was definitely a choice that I kind of, honestly, still don't fully understand. Because, like... <laughs> Why? <laughs> and then but, it brings. Uh, what also starts is this weird tension between Carter and Zaya later on. Yeah, which I really don't like because, like, they bring in this. Okay, this is spoilers for the Throne of Fire and beyond. But like, they bring in this idea that the blue light is carrying memories from the Shabti to the real Zia. Does it actually? No. I ca- <laughs> so yeah, what was, was the trying, point? I was trying to remember if, if. She does get those, but it's more like she. I think maybe she, maybe this is me misremembering, or does she like? I can't remember if she describes it as like more like watching a video game or a movie. Like she knows this stuff happened, but it wasn't her that was there. I th- I think so, but it's not until like the very end. Yeah, I think yeah. Because it's, it's something that happens later on that gives it's, her yeah, some of these memories. And it's basically like near the end of the series. It is weird. It, it he should have just stuck to his guns. Yeah, like if you're bringing up this idea that memories are traveling from the Shabti to Zia, 
do that <laughs> like because it could yeah it, it's a mm. anyway <laughs> well, i'll get to that when we get to that in the in this we'll get to that when we get to it guys. yeah <laughs> don't worry we've got yeah. more books to go we got so many books so many so books, many books. <laughs> but uh do you have anything further for chapter 40 or are you good to head into the finale um Okay, because we just haven't talked about it. Um, the, just the, the 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 death of their father just kind of goes very under the radar. Yeah, I didn't realize he died until the final chapter where we see him, and he's like, "Hey, I'm dead," but kind of not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more like recycled. Best line ever. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. But yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Because I was just like, oh, where's he gone? And I'm like, yeah, where has he gone? <laughs> then we just see him and he's like, oh, he's a son. Oh, he's dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, it just happens very under the radar. It's like, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to, it's like, say you go, Sadie's like, hmm, so yeah, I noticed this. I, she's already, she's already knows that he's dead. She knows this, like, that whole conversation with her dad was basically him going, "You're gonna have to let me die." Yeah. So she she Just knows riddled. what's happened, but then she's like, looks at Carter and goes, "Yeah." So his maybe soon to be girlfriend has just turned to to dust. I'm maybe not. I'm not gonna mention about our dad right now, and we'll just move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and really, that also doesn't surprise me. She's kept so much from Carter. Like, he didn't, like, he knew that she had the feather of truth, didn't technically also know at the same time that she had the feather of truth, didn't know about the Anubis situation, didn't know she had an entire conversation with Bar Iskandar at the doors into the death place, and all these sort of things. And it's just kind of like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that she keeps more information from him. Although, mainly in this case, there's a good reason. The other ones, not so much. <laughs> you can explain. <laughs> Just like explain that you have the feather of truth and it's all good. And then you, you got, got the it from a new You got the feather himself. of truth. I can't lie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That part, maybe not. Don't mention that part. Just say you've got it and that Anubis gave it to her. Like That's all you need to say. Just say that you met with Anubis and that you met with Iskandar. I didn't. I never understood why she didn't tell him at least about Iskandar. That I n- never really understood, because like he told, like Iskandar told them all, like told her all this stuff about her mum and all these sort of things, and then she just never told Carter. And I was like, I think he'd like to know about stuff to do with his mum as well, because right. she's well, definitely, def- <laughs> you definitely find out. You definitely find out when she was telling the recording about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Been a great reference in the chapter and it's like well that's a lot of stuff i didn't know before but anyway just like really aggressively annoyed in well, the opening well that's part. well uh, that would have been useful to know at the time <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah something like that just like a reference to it because i i moaned about it so much we're like why is she keeping things from carter like he was really open with her and then she's not telling him anything but that's not important to the situation. In this case, she it made sense. <laughs> it made yeah, she does have family issues. <laughs> and speaking of family issues, 
let's go into finale chapter 41 because there is there is some family issue that I'm excited <laughs> but uh, here is the overview for chapter 41 we stop the recording for now Returning to Brooklyn House, everything is destroyed and nearly beyond repair. But thankfully for magicians, they have the capabilities to do so. With the house back together, an unexpected visitor arrives in the form of human-looking Anubis, who takes them to someone who wants to see them. They see their father, both their dad and Osiris, joined as one, welcoming them to his new home and to see their mother again. Great sacrifice was made to make sure the gods could succeed in what is to come, and the Canes are the ones to make it happen. For now, the others are waiting. The others, being the gods who, for their actions in protecting the Mart, will provide Carter and Sadie with a gift. Returning to Brooklyn House, everything has been returned to normal, and Bast is back! <laughs> with Amos going to the first gnome and the siblings staying in Brooklyn, they create a beacon for other descendants of pharaohs. They're waiting for them, waiting to train them. We'll just have to see how it goes. Bum, bum, bum. That was also a very good last line. Yeah. This is why I'm an author. <laughs> <laughs> I have good I, moments. <laughs> you have good moments. And, what, and as an author, you can edit down so you only have good moments. Exactly. It's rare, but it can happen. <laughs> but um, chapter forty-one was really—I I really enjoyed chapter forty-one. Though just to it's go a good off... epilogue chapter. Yes, honestly, um, and I know there's lots of it. Although I would say it, it, I think it should have been broken up a little bit, and not solely just because I wanted even chapters, but because of how things kind of go. I feel like they're meeting with the god saying, hey, we're going to give you a gift. It should have kind of ended there and then gone into a new chapter. So we're getting follow-up information of like, oh, the house is repaired. Amos is leaving for the first gnome because he needs to be healed a little bit more. Bass returns. And then a little bit more information about how this magical locker works. Because <laughs> I don't fully understand how it works, if I'm honest. I don't know if it's just because like, I didn't it's get it because I'm dumb. But <laughs> The locker at a random school somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, which also I want to know is, how did they get into a random school? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, it's, yeah, it's an actual locker at a random school somewhere. Yeah. That has, like, a second opening to the Duart. That does, they don't explain how they managed to do that. I'm like, these kids are, like, they're powerful, but, like, They've never done that before. <laughs> How are they doing this? Um, so it was just like a little bit confusing. So the whole, yeah, I don't know. I see you're looking it up. <laughs> I'm reading it. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's very, yeah. it's very limited, isn't it? It's, but I think it's the the whole like theory behind it of like, like it's supposed to be rather limited. So that only like because now now we're doing Rick's favorite thing and my I I jump on whether I I flip between whether I enjoy it or not. Yeah. But Rick's favorite thing of going no, this is the real world, guys. This is actually happening. Mm. Um, and this is one of those examples where it's like it's like the, 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 right at the start of Lightning Thief. It's the same thing. That first page, 
And this does the same thing where it's like, oh, no, this is a real school somewhere in the States. But only if you have the blood of a pharaoh will you be able to follow your internal compass to this school, pick out this locker, pick the code, and in there will be something that guides you to Brooklyn House. Oh, yeah, or the Osiris symbol or something, I think it was. They or, or that when you turn up to Brooklyn House, you show it and they know you're yeah. there for them. But it's that it's that thing i think it's one of those things where it's supposed to be a bit woolly because it's rick trying to put it in the real world yeah without making people feel bad like real like sucky if they aren't they don't know how to do this because it's only that it's only these people that are part of this world that are supposed to be able to do this yeah which i kind of get but at the same time like no tell me (laughs) i want to know um but also the secondary question that comes into my mind is like I don't know how security is in American schools, but I don't think random children can turn up to any high school and get into any. Well, they don't building. have any uniforms, so you know how do they know they go to the yeah. school or not? Yeah, well, no, I think some of them do. Some some U.S. schools do. I think most of the private ones do, but they weren't talking about things we don't really know about. So yeah, but I remember thinking it, being like, I think that would still be considered suspicious. Like, don't be suspicious. Don't like, be suspicious. in my head, I'm just like, I know in the US they have those things that, like, at bus stations, they have, like, these lockers that people can use yeah. at bus oh, stations. Oh, no, they went to school the day before spring term started. They went to school in the middle of holidays. Oh. They go there the day before school holidays. So it's not even like they can blend in with other students. Yeah. Which would be, like, the easiest thing to do. They're about the right age. If it's a non-uniform school, which most likely is, because it's America, you can just walk in there. Maybe. I don't really know. Might be a nice part. I don't really know. But you could, like, at my school, just if if you had the right uniform and you looked about school age, you could walk around and no one would question you. Um, yeah. But they could just walk in there and then get in, pick a locker, do their thing, and walk out. And, like, you would basically have zero people questioning you. But the day before spring term, that's odd. Now that's odd. Why are kids going to school the day before the last day of their holiday? Now that's... Yeah. That's oh, odd. And then the additional thing of, that is actually some kid's actual locker, though. So imagine them going up to this locker, and then yeah, the kid whose locker it is... It might be, it might be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> It might be a double door situation. Maybe I don't well. know. So I like, just remember there might be double. Like... Com- if you type in one combination, it opens the magic door. If you type in, yeah, the but kids combination. Still that person's locker though. <laughs> yeah. At least if it was a bus that... station locker, a bus station locker can belong to anyone. Yeah. Like whereas in this case, it's out of school, a random school in Brooklyn, oh. and it's a locker within a school, and every kid has their own locker. Like, I, I, that I kid's going to want... be super pissed being like why do people keep turning up to go into my lawyer oh, I haven't done anything what are you <laughs> no one, one, one time he's going to walk over because someone's opening his lock he's going to walk over and go oi that's my locker and he's going to look at it and go wait where's all my stuff because <laughs> it's just empty <laughs> yeah oh god yeah just the, the logic behind it is not there so fail it's a fun um, idea it's, it's a, a fun idea, idea. We'll but the logic's that. not there. <laughs> I mean, the logic's not there for a lot of this. That's true. 
Um, I just want to make an additional before we go into the the fun uh, the, the 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 deeper things is because I mean, we haven't we, we haven't family. actually talked about the gods appearing and the chat with their dad yet. So we, that we is need, true. I think we need to do that. Oh yeah, we need to do. I, I was meaning more as in like going into talking about it a little bit more because I just want to talk about something petty from yes. the whole situation of petty, like petty, <laughs> petty, petty, petty. the grandparents are racist assholes and I will never forgive them because there's that whole scene where hey, Carter, don't worry, they get. Don't worry, don't worry. Um, spoilers, they get, they get possessed. <laughs> yes, quite right. Um, not that it makes much of a difference because they're they very get possessed similar. and shape shifted. Yes, um, and yeah, they just they really suck because uh, they had no interest in wanting to talk to Carter. You know, the grandson who also nearly died and has lost the only family he's had for the last six years, whereas Sadie. See, this is the whole thing. Sadie will consistently and always have somewhere to go. Carter only has Brooklyn House. He has nowhere else now. Like, all he has is Brooklyn House. And these grandparents still do not give a shit. And it just, it really irks me. Because that doesn't change. That never changes throughout the whole series, as far as I'm aware. I don't think there's ever a moment where the Fausts are kind to Carter. Yeah, and I'm like, I really don't understand why Rick did it, <laughs> and then also not even have Sadie kind of stand up for Carter, because like, obviously, she, like in the next book, and sort of spoilers for that, she goes home for her birthday, but she goes home for her birthday to be without Carter, so Carter doesn't even get to spend time with his sister on her birthday to celebrate with her, because she's gone home and he's she, not allowed there. She's got to hang out with her. Two bezies, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> two bezies. Um, and then her grandparents as well. I feel like Sadie, I feel like, I feel like in the right situation, Sadie would call them her bezies. She would. Emily, it's more accurate than her calling them her mates all the time. I'm like, we don't. We say friends more often than we say, oh, I'm going to see my mates. No, if, yeah, it'd be like, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever's Rick, whatever's. I'm trying to think of like a show that was around, like out around the time that was popular in America that was a UK show. And I don't think Skins besides was Doctor popular. Who? No, besides Doctor Who. Well, it's in like a show for like teens that maybe Rick would yeah. have watched to try and understand teens. And like the know. only one I can think of is Skins, and I hope he never watched that. <laughs> um, no, I can't think of one that would have like gotten. Like, I, I don't think I can't think of never says in between us. In between us, maybe yeah. Although yeah, yeah, kinda. Even then, I'm kind of like yeah. I don't know why he got half the language of like saying mate and bloke all the time because we don't. We oh, don't bloke, do it all definitely the time. not. No, definitely not. Mate is mate. I say mate quite a bit. <sighs> yeah, but like you don't say oh, I'm going to see my mates that much. I'm guessing. I mean, I don't have any mates to see. <laughs> You're a friend. Yeah, yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, that was completely off tangent rant again about <laughs> Rick not understanding how British people talk. Hey, if you want, if you want me back for the London episode, I'll do. I'll re rant about how Rick has them move around London transport. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I so will because I think uh, I'm <laughs> intending to have Darren back for that episode as well because that's oh, also the yes, newest part. Mm-hmm. 
So that will be that'll be fun. We get ranting about transportation. I will, and then I will rant grooming. about the stations because <laughs> yeah. that's what I do. And also it's important. Know, it is it's very important. Yeah. Also say you can't live anyway. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> we'll get to it that's when fine. we get to it. Calm. He does the same with same with New York apparently. Yeah, I've heard that from from Robert a lot. Yeah. Um <laughs> I think that they came anyway, on to an episode. Yes, should we, should yes, we, should we focus back? And I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna apologise now, Robert, because I want to annoy you. But should we talk about Daddy Kane? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Daddy Kane. Because <laughs> oh my god, Daddy Kane got he got style. <laughs> Daddy Kane gone blue. <laughs> Daddy Kane has gone blue. And admittedly, it's working group. for him. He joined the Blue Man Group, guys. <laughs> oh, but actually, though, that is 100... It was both of that and then Avatar, as in, like, the Blue People Avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That came into my mind of, like, what he was like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, that those are the two images that came to my mind, is the Blue Man Group and then Avatar. <laughs> I think the only, currently, right now, the only other blue thing I can think of is the uh, alien from the music video for I'm blue, dabu dee, dabu die, dabu dee. <laughs> oh, okay. Thing. I don't think I've ever, I didn't even know there was a music video for that song. Oh, it is, it is so, like, I don't know when the song came out, but it's so, like, late 90s, early noise, uh, CGI, it's immense. <laughs> I will have to watch it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, it was a yeah it was a choice for having. I don't know I quite liked his Osiris sort of like Julius visuals. It was just it was a little bit odd at the same time. Yeah, no, it's the whole the whole this whole possession that particular one right there. Yeah, it's very odd and it confuses things a bit, like about that whole. About, because he had to die to be Osiris. At, yeah, but that makes sense in my head. Yeah. What doesn't quite is how it links to how the other guys and gals and magicians and non-magicians, how just how the hosting of a god works. Because I've done a whole episode on this, guys, if you want to go listen. Um, but it, this, this one is like the odd one out. Mm. Um, in a way, because he, it's it's not he, Julius Kane spirit is hosting Osiris in the dawn where they don't need a host. Yeah, they need a host to be on the physical plane, the mortal world. So it's it's or to stay on the mortal world for a long time. They need some form of anchor. They're very witch-like that way. Um, but yeah. it's yeah, it's it's he's an odd one. He's an oddball. He's just an oddball. He's oddball. He's blue. He's Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never really thought of it like that, but it is it is kind of weird. But then they also kind of make it seem like the afterlife is an actual physical place because, like, you like. Carter talks about how so they're basically they're in in this I, I know it's not the right term they're basically in the underworld but still whilst in this afterlife place 
Carter still has to lower his vision to be in the duot. And I'm like, but isn't the afterlife technically all in the duot? Or am I wrong yeah. in thinking that? Yeah. Nope. It is. Okay, so then it makes even less sense. Like, surely the only visual he should be able to see is Blue Man Julius. Uh, yeah. It's Blue Man Group Julius, you're right. Um, yeah. It's... And then maybe yeah. what it should have been the opposite is, is that he tries to remove his vision from the Duart and then sees his dad as his dad. Not the other way around. Like, he doesn't yeah. fully believe that this Osiris Julius in front of him is actually his dad until he removes his vision from the Duart and sees his dad as himself. So, yeah. It's also... I, 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 there is literally a whole episode dedicated to Julius Kane. Um, yeah. I will I link that in the episode my, show notes, actually. I am well. looking through my notes now. Um, <laughs> but it's also... I, like... So it's also, like, who's in charge? Yeah. Because I feel like Julius is, at least definitely when we meet them, whenever Carter and Sadie are in the room, Julius is the top layer of yeah. the two. I'm describing them in layers because they are now a sandwich. <laughs> um, or a cake. Or parfait. Everyone likes parfait. Um, <laughs> um, but, but that doesn't quite... Why would Julius be the top layer the whole time? But then, why would Ruby be hanging around? Yeah. If Julius wasn't the top layer the whole time? He's an oddball. Yeah. He's an oddball. Yeah. But they have a nice chat. Yeah, it was really nice. I did actually like seeing that. And I like that we see this moment from Carter of being angry that his dad purposefully gave up being with Carter to give Osiris the power to rule the underworld again to bring back this balance of Mart. Um, I honestly think it's something that they never get over. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not shown that well in the books, but I definitely think it's it 100% should be <laughs> like both of their parents, in a sense, chose to leave them behind for the gods. Oh, I was reading. Is it? It might be earlier in the book, or it might be around here, um, within these chapters. But at one point, uh, he, like, but I think it's Julius. I think it's when he's in his floaty form before he gets dragged into the underworld. Or the, I would just open that to find out what it was actually called. Um, um, yeah, before he gets dragged to the halls of judgment and whatever. Oh, that's it. Um, he's like, oh, you've got a. We 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 started this for our kids to continue it, and it's like, oh, that's a nice statement, but also, there's st- you're still a parent. Yeah, it's you've just like, made your it, kids orphans. It's it's. It's that I think it was basically I think it's something like uh it was it's basically they've done you know you know when to step back. You know that when your fight when you've done your part in the fight and you it's time for you to step back and someone else to take over. Which is all very nice. It's all very it's a nice sentiment. But at the same oh sorry. But at the same time, the people that you're backing out for 
is your kids, which is, in a sense, an even nicer se sentiment, but the way you're doing it is by dying and being out of their lives forever until they're also dead. Yeah. <laughs> which is not the greatest way to go about it. No. And, Parents and do many half, questionable things in the reverse. And half of your reasons is to go and see your dead wife more often. Pick your kids, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a choice. God. But um, actually, just kind of going on from what we mentioned about Osiris, though, and the whole confusion about Osiris and Julius, we kind of get a sort of mirroring of that when we then move into the next section of seeing all the gods and Horus full-on propositioning Carter being like, look, we can be in control and we can be the leaders of this world and the mortal world. We can combine our power and we can find a way to help bring the strength of the gods for what is to come and all this sort of stuff. And Carter's just being like, no, I'm good for now. And I just... <laughs> I, do, I, I do love Carter being basic, basically being... It, at this point, it's a hundred percent him being. He's basically so self-conscious. He's 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 sometimes he speaks like he's got bravado, but at this point, it's just he's so self-conscious that he's not good yeah. at anything that he's like, no, I. Why would it? Why would I be the? Why am I the best option for this? This is ridiculous. There's got to be a better option out there. So he's yeah. like, nah, mate. I'm not, no. He's so self-conscious that he's just a bad choice, that it's like, yeah. that it's, it's it, that nothing that Horace throws at him basically just reinforces his own belief that he's such a bad idea. Yeah. I like that he follows it up with, so he has this sort of in, initial kind of like, oh God, that's the worst possible thing. And then follows it up with, look, for now, no, because I need to go off and I need to train. I need to be better if I'm going to ever consider being a leader and i really like that because that's so smart that's like that's a smart kid right there being like look i have no knowledge i have no understanding of this world i've only known that gods exist for like four days maybe five <laughs> <laughs> like i need to process i need to learn i need to develop so for now can we chillax a bit yeah, and yeah chill chill. Can we chillax it's just gonna work out Put what i want it. in life what I, I'm going to work out what I want in life and then I'll get back to you. Yeah. And what he wants in life is to wear Reeboks and jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Looking dapper, my man. Yeah. We love to see it. We love to see it. Um, I just I just really liked that scene. I thought it was really quite lovely just seeing Carter being like, hey, nah, maybe later. <laughs> Mate, nah, mate, mate. Time out, time out. Nah, nah. Time. Let's put a pin like in this idea. conversation. <laughs> I like the idea. I see where you're coming from. I'm just not the guy for the job. Well, at least not yet. Yeah. So, if you really want me that bad, here's my number. Call me in about five years. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, I just love that. I love people recognizing that. Her you know i need i need to learn i need to learn before i'm ready for this responsibility you love that um I, I, go on sorry i was gonna say something i don't know i don't know if this is true i can remember reading it somewhere and going i like that thought but not looking further into it 
and it was like a quote where it was like basically the best leaders are the ones that didn't want to lead in the first place i feel like i've heard that somewhere as well but it because seems, yeah i like i was oh, like i think they probably what i read worded it better or i was in a, a different mindset where that made a bit more sense to me but like he's basically that kind of guy <laughs> He doesn't really want to lead, but he'll make sure when he does, if he has to, he'll make sure it's a good job by knowing what to do in the first place. Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm just looking at the quote. So it is a, it is a quote. It's an official, it's like a proper quote. Um, it's from. Uh, so someone says it's an Asimov story. But that no nothing further. Um, cool. Um, pl- uh, guys, if you're listening, we don't know uh, what this is from. Please help us, you researchers out there. Thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I was just because 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 I feel like this call this this quote can be called back a lot while fan reads this book and at the to the end of Carter's. Spoilers, he gets he gets this offer every at the end of every single book. Um, <laughs> so this is this one this one's gonna turn up again. Um Yeah. And so it's a good quote. Hold on to it. Um but yeah, let's go in let's move on from this actually from these chapters and go into the uh main focus points of the episodes. So first up we have narrative. I think you've technically talked a little bit about narrative already with how things have flowed. Because like you mentioned earlier, like these last three chapters are kind of like, here be the information. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> like so like so the last the last two are very much here be the information, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Because just the way you've split it up is mm-hmm. the only way is the one reason. But so the yeah, what is it? 13, oh, I'm checking numbers now. 39 30, to 41. Yeah. Yeah, so like 39 is, okay, here's all the final bits of clues that you want for all the mysteries that I tried to set up in this book. Here's all the final clues. Uh, and, and yeah, so here's all the final clues. And then the next chapter is, and here's the answer to the big questions. And then the next chapter is, here's some of the answers to the little questions. And and all the setup for the next for you book for the rest of the series. Yes, basically, I think that's that's kind. Of, it, it's okay, but it's also kind of annoying at the same time. Um, I like that everything's yeah. been like summarized, but at the same time, it just it does very much feel like we're just getting this huge dump of information that could have been dip, dr- like drip thread a little bit better throughout the story. So it doesn't feel like we're suddenly getting all these explanations all at once. Like the Zia's are shouty and... Uh, I mean, within the same chapter, you get, you get, oh, the snake was trying to steal Set's power. You get, <laughs> you get, she is the shabti. Like, yeah, and their you dad get, is dead. And, and you get the dad is dead. Like that's, those three things have those three answers happen in that in that chapter. Yeah. Two of them are, are set up in the chapter before, like finally. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that Sadie and Carter give up the godling power 
and say they're going to teach other people the way of the gods. Yes. So the setup. Didn't well. even mention the that. <laughs> no, I did, just literally just remembered it now. I was like, oh yeah, that was also another thing because I was also in the same. Yeah, chapter. they also have the they also have that conversation with the House of Life, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just there is a lot like. And, and then we've got the other loose ends of the whole Apophis, Zia, and even like Amos's condition. Like we get, we see how bad Amos is and kind of like he's not really recovering, which is why he's going to the first gnome to kind yeah, of recover. He's, he's, he's very dissociated and then suddenly he goes, do you know what? I'm going to go to the House of Life and see if I can uh, work this out, work this through a bit. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the last we hear of it. So, like, we've got some stuff left, like, being left to dangle for, like, other books. But it is literally just, like, these last three chapters, just, like, everything is happening all at once. And it's kind of like, uh, I'm kind of, like, exhausted <laughs> just reading it. Not like the way that I was with, like, Lost Hero, where, like, everything was happening all at once. And it was just kind of like, God, this book is already 600 pages too long. Like, just stop. Yeah, it, it's more, it's more... I need a break, but I've only got one more chapter to go until yeah. I finish the book. Yeah, whereas Lost Here, it was like, oh god, I'm exhausted, but I have 20 more pages left to go. Uh, uh, 20 more chapters left to go, I mean, not pages. Um, whereas this, like, yeah, it is a little info dumpy, which is a little bit disappointing with the narrative, because, like, all these things have been leading up to this moment, and instead of, like, having it be an in-narrative situation of seeing it unfold seeing the aftermath unfold we're just told and then kind of shown the after the aftermath is very much just telly the aftermath go like that last chapter the first few pages are very epilogue where it's like where it's like about a week has passed before we go talk to the talk to the gods and that blue boy um yeah and even the bit even the bit with Zia is a little bit like we're getting some showing of like her cracking to pieces, but that's more dramatic effect than like in narrative. <laughs> like, yeah, she she fully crumbles, and then Sadie goes, "Oh, by the way, Carter, because I realised you haven't worked this out yet." She's a shabby. <laughs> yeah, they should have had. So what they should have done with that really is that. Zia should be the one to mention. So we have this moment of basically looking like she's dying and then like, dead and like then she cracks Carter, to pieces. From Carter's perspective, it is like Zaya says it so cryptically, but but you all like at least I was very this time reading it, I was very clued into what was about to happen, so I knew like she gives Carter hints like, Oh, it's only a mouthpiece, I'm not really here. Rada rada, go find her. She'd like that then, date at the mall. Yeah, but Car- but Carter's like, you're dying, <laughs> yeah. and I don't know how to save you. Yeah, you're fully dying. Then she crumbles. Then Sadie goes, "By the way, she's a shabdi," and he and he's like, "That." Oh, also, can you turn our uncle into a mouse so we can escape? It's yeah, a lot of emotional trauma that boy went through in about five minutes. Yeah. And it, all I can think is it could have been done so much better if that information was coming from from Zia herself. Like, she's not... So she starts cracking before she dies, quote-unquote. Because, like, she dies in Carter's arms 
And then she turns into a cracking shabti. Do you know what, though? That is going to be such a good scene in the film. Oh, oh God, that would be good... great. But oh, also... Uh, give enough... It's <laughs> going to be a Peter Parker moment. It's going to be a Peter Parker moment. Yeah. Oh, my God. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 but... Peter Parker moment. Oh, no, I'm I'm talking about uh, Infinity War Peter Parker. Oh, Okay. I was I was thinking more of the emotional depth moment of the Amazing Spider-Man two one of I, I was Gwen's I was death. I was talking more about Peter Parker literally turning to dust in Iron Man's arms. Okay, yeah, that makes more <laughs> that makes more sense. The only um, the only difference is I want this dust to physically turn to sand and fall through Carter's hand. I think oh, that would be much more impactful. Oh my god, that'd be awful. But have her tell him. Just have her say, "I was never really here," you know, all of this like. like don't don't be quite so cryptic with it tell him a bit more exact yeah a bit more direct and And then then don't have and then or if you or if you leave it cryptic like that don't have sadie tell carter somehow inform us that carter worked out on him on his own (laughs) like that's all you needed really yeah it was just kind of like why Like, just have it be an emotional moment. Like, even 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 if like she turns to dust, and then just Carter goes, "We're gonna find her," you know. Yeah. And like, that's all we need to know that Carter knows what's happened. Yeah. Oh, I would have loved it though. So what what they should do for the film is have her tell him what's happening as she's cracking, like her face. Have as she's cracking, she's telling him, and then before she dusts, he tells her, "I will find you." And then she turns to dust. And then she goes, like, yeah, right. literally, that'd be amazing. That'd be dope to see. Oh my god! And it's just um, him there with the sand in his hands, and he just says writers, it again. I will find you. You and guys then working on the film? Come on! I know yeah. you're listening to this podcast. Of course, you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, or at least this is definitely going to be the clip that I put on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> like this is our <laughs> advertisement for what needs to happen in the film. So hire us. Um, but don't hire us. Hire us as consultants. Hire us as don't consultants. Make, don't make me write it. No. <laughs> consultants. We're, we're good for that. Um, I'm, yeah. But yeah, it just... Oh, it just... There is a way that it could have been done for it to be a little bit more impactful. Because the whole thing is, Zia has no agency in these last two chapters that she's in. No, because she's supposed to basically die. She's dying the entire yeah, time. She's dying the entire I mean, time. Let's give her that. Let's not let's not go, she's now been chucked to the side to do nothing. No, she's narratively dying, so she can't do anything. Yeah. But then they're also kind of technically having her do stuff by just exposition. By shouting at Sadie to get moving. Yeah. Whereas like I think it would have been nicer if she was having a bit more agency within that of like it's her pushing oh, do you know what, this. Do you know what would have been so funny? What? Is if like the reason like instead of having her you could also have her like fading um but also the reason she can't go anywhere Mm. is because her legs have cracked apart so Mm. if she could move she wouldn't be having to like man crawl so like you see her clay legs yeah i was just thinking though actually hold on so Sadie goes over to her in chapter 39 and tries to do like medical stuff and she sees that her wrist is bent in the wrong angle. That should have cracked off. Have That's bent like out of place. How is that not been, cracked? That would have been 
I okay. I think we should move on from Zaya. Yeah, sorry, because we could we could probably come up with so many better ways to inform us that she's <laughs> yeah. a shab team. But... Um, do you want to move into relationships? We can do relationships. Yeah, because this, we, we have talked very heavily about relationships so far, which I feel like is a good reason to, to have picked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so we have so we won't talk too much about Zia because I did have a Carter and Zia one, but we've kind of done that already. Um, but we've got Carter and Sadie, but then also the siblings and parents. Which one do you want to cover first? I've kind of have done a little bit of Carter and Sadie, but do you, which one? Would I think we we'll do. We'll, I think I think we need to. I think we need to address siblings and parents. I feel like that yes. one needs to be the big address. Yeah. Um, do you want to start first, or are you happy for me to go? You, you, you say your thoughts, and I'll, I'll rebuttal your thoughts, <laughs> or agree with them. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see how we'll see if I'm feeling like I should give the other side of the argument, or just straight up agree with you. Oh uh, yeah, depends on how I feel on the day. <laughs> I think the only thing I have to really say is mainly in regards to Sadie's relationships in the story with her family, because to me. I think Sadie's parental and just familial relationships are not well written. Like the only like relation- overall, overall the story. Yeah, okay. yeah. We'll just just sure. because I think the only ones that I think are somewhat well written are is her relationship with her grandparents, and it's because she spent more time with them, so we see a bit more of that. Even though they don't interact much within the books, we get a sense of how their relationship and how their dynamic is. Whereas. Yeah. The interactions that she has with Carter, with her dad, and even a little bit of her mum, that doesn't feel like the weight that needs to be there is there in these relationships. Like, she doesn't seem to I... bond narrative, like in the narratives, but mainly in this book in particular, there isn't no, much of no, a I, bond. Yeah, I, I, see I see what see. you're saying. Yeah. I, I see what, I've never, I don't think I've ever properly like in-depth thought about it before, but I see what you're saying. It's what it is, what it is, is you get minimal or you get the minimal cringe possible in the library scene and the museum right at the mm-hmm. start of the book. And then from that point on, Carter and Sadie don't seem to have an awkwardness between them. Like that awkwardness you get when, say, for example, you meet up with someone you used to be best friends with at school. So you knew them that you you know that you have a lot of feelings towards them, but you haven't seen them in like five years. You're like, I don't know how to talk to you anymore. Mm. There's none of that. I think with Carter it would be a good one. There's doesn't there's not much of that slow build of that that awkward while talking to each other to becoming extremely friendly with each other. Yeah. Which I feel like on the quest they're on and the fact that they both clearly care about each other from the start they just have awkward feelings about each other because they both resent each other's lives Mm. um they because but they would that would happen pretty quickly but just the awkward stage to to friendly stage doesn't seem to be big enough i guess yeah and even like on sadie then so this is the thing that i've picked up a lot in the book is that the development of a relationship doesn't really happen on Sadie's side. Like the only sort of opening up and, you know, protect like the protective instincts and stuff like that. And all these sort of things and the emotional connection all comes from Carter. 
he has this huge moment of like Sadie's having a panic attack in her like kite form and he tells her every embarrassing and like personal story that he can think of to calm her down something he's never really done before because obviously he doesn't have any friends he doesn't have any personal relationships except with his dad so he's more open to a relationship because he's not really had that opportunity before whereas Sadie has previous personal deep relationships so it doesn't feel like there's much of a need for her Hashtag to... Hashtag <laughs> Yeah. Hashtag Lizanema. But I just feel like from her side, she doesn't seem as engaged with wanting to have a familial relationship with Carter. Like, there's the, the moment of, like, you know, like, the annoying little sister sort of stuff of, like, bad-mouthing him and kind of talking smack and stuff like that. But that's the only stage which, which, she ever stays which is Which, I mean, let's... Okay. It's... One thing Rick got very right is the fact that Sadie shows her love by obliterating Carter. Yes. <laughs> I like you, I'm going to tear you down. Yeah. I hate you, I'm going to be the nicest I've ever been to someone. Like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very stereotypical of me, but it happens. <laughs> when, you get, when you get friendly with someone, you start becoming slightly meaner with them. Hashtag bants. <laughs> Hashtag bants. And, like, I do get that, because, like, I did like it to start, but when that's the only form of yeah. a relationship she's ending up having with Carter, it gets a little bit tiring, because I'm at this stage where I'm like, okay, but where is think... your physical, like, no, he's not really shown any physical care or verbal care towards him at this point. For him yeah. to know. There's, like, that whole thing like that, like, this last chapter, where he's convinced she's going back home. Like he's convinced that she's going to go back to the Fausts. Like he has no nothing to like, nothing to convince him that she would stay. And I think that's a sign of like he's seen everything that's happened throughout the book, and like they've not really developed yeah, a relationship it, yeah. that he's just convinced think, that's happening. I think maybe this is. I'm going back to my point because it's the only point I have. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm agreeing, but I don't know how how to relate it, except to the one point I came up with earlier. So here we are. Um, what was I going to say? Yes. So I, don't know, I feel like that if if somehow Rick had made it where they were more socially awkward with each other at the start, yeah. And like even if like at the at the end of the story they reached the same point, but even if Sadie maybe I mean Carter being socially awkward, you could put down to the fact that he's only ever talked to his dad. But if Sadie's also socially awkward. And maybe in a, like a different way, like she tries to start a conversation yeah. with him, but then it like it just kind of goes nye, nye, nye. like yeah. she's the like like she goes like in a quiet moment when they're not doing anything, she could just go, "So how are you?" And then and then Carter just looks at her weirdly or whatever. But like those awkward moments where Sadie is. Like, she knows what to do in these situations, but she doesn't know how to do it with him. Yeah. I think that would be a, a thing, because, like, Carter's never had interpersonal relationships except with his dad, whereas, Carter, uh, whereas Sadie has, but Carter is a stranger to her at the same time. So it's like, when you're having a conversation, like, when you randomly strike, strike up a conversation with someone, like, on a train or something like that, you don't know them, but you have, like, that sort of awkward sort of conversation sometimes where, like, you accidentally lock eyes and no, you're like, if, oh, now I need you... to say something. Yeah. But this is more in the north. I feel the need to point out this was like when I was up at. at no, no. If you properly start a conversation with a rando on a train, it can get deep. 
and personal because That's they're true. complete rando and you're never going to see them again. Yeah. So you can ask them questions. I've had that once. I talked about someone else's relationship on a train journey once. Oh, I've had that once. I had a really nice Irish lady who, after my my partner at the time had just broken up with me and I had to get on a train back to Oxford from London. Um, and I was on the train crying. And because it's London, everyone left this place where I was, except for this lovely old Irish woman who came over to sit in front of me and handed me a tissue and asked me what happened. <laughs> and like sat with me for the entirety of my journey <laughs> and talking to me about it all. <laughs> And the sometimes, really sometimes, you, sometimes you just need to dump on a rando. Exactly. And if the rando's willing for the dump. Exactly. Not like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it would have been nice for something like that, especially considering, and this is the issue that I somewhat have that continues with it, is that Sadie develops relationships quickly with other people. She developed one quickly with Bass, with Kafu, with Philip, even Anubis. Like she's hysterically crying, thinking that Philip and Kafu are dead. And she's known them for a day. And yet her relationships think, with yeah, Tatra is I, not as strong. Oh yeah, I do think if like just to reinforce the fact that we would know she likes Carter, or at least wants to like Carter. Yeah. Is if it's that awkward points where he go, where she just like you could literally just do it like it could be like two sentences mm. in between. They're all just on they're on the move between two places. Yeah. And I think, or maybe I've just thought of something. I'll come back to it in a sec. Um. Then the, on the trip between two places, and you just have Sadie go. So how are you? And then Cartus gives her a one-word answer, and it's you get it from Sadie's perspective, and she just goes, "I didn't really know what to do from that point onwards." So for the rest of the journey, we sat in silence, like we would know, reading it, that she does care. Yeah, and she is trying, and she's trying, which, but she just doesn't know how to. She hasn't got the rapport. I think mm. the closest we might get to that is her sticking Zaya and Carter in the front of that truck together. Yeah. I think it might be the closest we get to that, is going, yeah, no, I'll let you two sit together in the front. Yeah. And it, that's definitely, think... and it's like that one moment. And as in my head, I was like, when that happens, I, like, oh, I wish we had more moments like that. Because it's like that sort of that sibling banter. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of my main thing about it, was just like it was somewhat disappointing situation that like Sadie doesn't seemingly have as deep a connection with the family that are important to this story in particular so not the Fausts of her dad and her brother I mean it makes sense it makes sense but it would just it would be like somehow nice to see that she by the end of the book yeah she has deep feelings about them yeah well whereas the deep feelings are anger and resentment to her dad and Carter is more we don't want to be you know we don't want to be strangers anymore and that's kind of that's the extent that's the extent yeah I want yeah that yeah that's like that's you know I still I still fully I still fully stand by Sadie for having being angry at her dad oh yeah I stand by it but also at the same time I was kind of like are are we gonna resolve this Uh, no okay don't even resolve it in the chat do we she just like, basically blanks her dad because anubis calls yeah. her a loud mouth yeah literally <laughs> she doesn't even talk to her dad in that entire conversation in the hall of judgment doesn't talk to her dad once 
Oh. Maybe once. <laughs> I don't really remember. But there's no like real conversation there. And there's no addressing of what previously happened where she said like, she hated him and then she's like, oh, no, I didn't mean to say that and stuff like that. No addressing of that no. whatsoever. No, that, like, that, that definitely should have got brought up again. Yeah. At and it's never by... brought up again at all. <laughs> no. At that point, and like, and, like Mr. 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 Kane should have gone, Sadie? I am allowing you to be angry at me. It's fine. And like, even if it was like, and she goes, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I it's didn't like care I... for you. I was just, I just, I just didn't understand why you left me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So going, a thing. Do a thing. An emotional thing. <laughs> do an emotion. And, ha- and then have the music swell and have violins yeah. play. And, you know, just the whole. Yeah. Um, but instead, okay, no, we've like got. That. Sadie being more interested in the fact that Carter can also see Anubis as the handsome boy. That was how that section ended, was her being happy. <laughs> he can see the handsome boy. Like, really? I mean, I don't, I can't speak for 12-year-old girls, but at the same time, 12-year-old girl. Yeah... I can't dag. <laughs> but also, it's a very high generalization for me. Year I'm... old God. <laughs> it doesn't matter to the twelve-year-old girl how old someone is. I know, but it's also that way doesn't matter. It's the other way that we have we should yes. have an issue with. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we'll 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 get to that. <laughs> but, yes, um... I'm sure you will. <laughs> um, but we, we what, what not... are your thoughts, sibling and parent wise? Sibling parent wise, I think. Yeah. So. Carter Sadie we talked about. I think, I think the I think an odd one is their mum. Like, and like I think that whole end scene with the parents and they're proud, they're proud of their kids, whatever, whatever, whatever. I think the mum one is a bit more, makes a bit more sense because it's been quite a while since her sacrifice. They've basically come to come to terms with her death. Um, the one new bit of information is that they've had since the start of the book is that she died mm. trying to protect the world from a giant snake, which yeah. probably would make me feel more proud. Like yeah. it would, it would make me feel, it would make it feel more validating that she died within. She because I'm part of the world. So it's almost like she was protecting me. You could do it that way. That would oh, that would have been a twist on it. Mm. Um, but but it's but it's that weird thing of they meet her and they're just kind of shocked that she's there. Like there's no like, what? Do you know what doesn't happen? Not a single time. Not once. There wasn't. There wasn't a run to hug. There wasn't a running. To hug them. Like, you know, mm. like, end of every family move I've ever seen. They. End of every family move I've ever seen. The run and just jumping. Like, they've been separated for the entire movie. My family! Yay! The, me, the Carter and Sadie go and try and hug their mum. Yeah, that I did always find a bit odd. It's kind of like. They, they haven't seen their mum in... Well, Sadie doesn't really remember much about her mum in general because she was so young. 
No, they're, they're like, I think basically the only, maybe the only memory they have is their birthday where they blew up birthday cake. Yeah. I don't uh, know if that's this book or another book we find that out, but. Um, they mention a little bit about it in this book, but, um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, the emotional impact of that scene is just not remotely there, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. It makes more sense in the other books because it doesn't need to be there because it's supposed to be there. But. Yeah. But that's just how it is. <laughs> like, and that is already relationships. <laughs> and that is relationships, yeah. Um, Awkward and confusing and never making sense. Exactly. <laughs> um, but again, let's go into the final point now, which is for the finale aspect of of this book. And honestly, it's it's there for a finale. Like everything's been summarized. You know, um, there's opportunities to hook the reader in for what's to come. Yeah. Um, I do. So we didn't mention this before. I do like that we have this author note being like, "Hey, so these were recordings, and I was just basically tr- transcribing it, but." I've checked the history books and everything they're saying is true. Um, <laughs> or at least the references that they're making are true based in mythology. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt sort of situation. I just, I can't like that. Um, that, that. Yeah, that's that's Rick trying to tie it into the real world again. Yes. Yeah. I, like I said, I have mixed feelings about. Yeah, it's kind of, it how much, issues. I have mixed feelings about how much how 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 often he tries to reinforce the idea i think yeah because there are some questionable decisions that happen in various different series where he ties tries to tie it to the real world i'm like you should never have done that um but it does uh, what i do like is that it does make this world feel a little bit more real in a sense like this whole thing like oh could it actually be an actual thing obviously you know Okay, I think I've just worked out what my problem is with it. Was as a kid, I knew it couldn't be real, but at the same time, it was written in front of me, so I was very confused why they wrote it in the first place. (laughs) I just didn't understand why it was there. Yeah, I didn't understand. Like I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend the fact that it was there for fun. I was like, but what? I don't. I I just couldn't comprehend it. I I don't think I could. And I still, I still have that internal feeling of, but why? Yeah. Um, like I understand it in this context of like the story, like you read it and you go, oh, this, these were recordings, and then you go to the author's note and he reinforces it. But like, what? I don't, uh, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. That's a uh, me. That's a me problem. Not <laughs> not everyone else's problem. There's probably someone else there like it. <laughs> I did kind of get it because it also it does just kind of add this whole thing of like. We know it's not, but it's now just going to be in our minds, which, like, it's good because it leaves you wondering, but, like, at the same time, it's kind of like, it then does at the same time make you feel sad, being like, oh, well, I'm not part of the world, so that's kind of sad. <laughs> yes, that might also have been another part. I didn't want, I, I wanted to be there, so, you know. Yeah. Um, but... Reinforcing the idea that it was true made me more annoyed. That's fair enough, honestly. Um, I don't think I really have anything else for finales because I think this is a pretty solid finale. Like, Literally, only issue yeah. is the exposition dumping in some the, of the, the elements. Fina- as the, yeah, the, as the end of the book goes, it wraps up ninety percent of the loose ends, and because it's a series, 
that's completely allowed. Exactly. And it does if have a really the good last, tie-in. If this was the last book ever, I would be extremely annoyed. <laughs> but it's not. Trials of Apollo. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those are conversations when I get to it in five years' time. Uh... <laughs> You guys better still be listening. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but do you have anything in particular finales why finale why that you would like to talk about or are you good? Hmm. Finale, finale, finale. Well, I think this this episode right here is an absolute stonk of an episode for the finale of uh, the Red Pyramid book. I think personally, I think this episode has been a great finale episode. Um, <laughs> if you agree. Uh, like and subscribe uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah leave a rating and review and buy my uh, book echoes of the past out today <laughs> yep plug 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 yes um no i about the book i have no other thoughts uh i think <laughs> no thoughts head empty um <laughs> mm-hmm. no that's, thoughts head empty book read that is exactly. literally it's it's both R E A D and R E D. Yes. Oh, I like that. <laughs> but speaking of that, let's go into the thing that everyone is waiting for, which is this week's question of the episode. So you guys up... should answer it. Sorry, <laughs> you like... can if you want. Like the... No, do answer it, and then Fang can talk about it, and then you can be part of the show. Yes, that too. Um... <laughs> So this week's question of the episode is, what did you think of the finale of The Red Pyramid? I'll go up on our social media, so be sure to comment there or email in if you have any further thoughts. With all emails will be read out on the show. Not necessarily in the order that you'd expect, because I do record many episodes in advance usually, because I have a very busy life. But it will be read out eventually, so, you know, don't don't worry. As long as it's not spam, because I get way too many spam emails. But... I get so many podcast spam emails from podcast sites. Literally. I didn't, before I started this, I did not realise how many different podcast platforms there were, guys. Guys, there's so many. So so many. And so many new ones that when you just start there, because it will help you grow your podcast, like, dude. I was like, no, no, it'll just help you grow your platform. It won't do anything for me. (laughs) I don't, I don't understand why. I don't don't know why I gave them that voice, but I feel like it's loud. <laughs> it's all good. Um but before yes, we go, answer fans question. Yes, answer the question. Just... And uh Owen, let everyone know where they can find through the mist. So through the mist is as per every podcast ever on all podcast platforms. So whatever <laughs> you're listening to this on, you should be able to find through the mist on it as well. If you search through the mist, like I said at the start, it's the green background and the pink text. Why pink text? I don't know, I like it. Um <laughs> Yeah, so click on that, give it a follow, give it a rate, give it a subscribe, give it whatever you do on whatever platform you listen on. And you can also find us on only one social media because I want to stay away from the scum that is Twitter, which is Instagram. So uh, you can follow that at through underscore mist as well. And yeah, that's everything. Yeah, and honestly, fair enough with Twitter because wow, um, <laughs> it's intense. Um, and yeah, of course, as per always, you know where to find the best on camp as well. But uh, you can also find Echoes of the Past on all ebook platforms, whether it be Kindle, Apple Books, Kobo, Barnes and Noble, Nook, and 
a few other things uh, but there will be a universal link for all of that in the episode show notes so if you're interested in young adult fantasy not young adult fantasy young adult adventure oh my god i was starting to plug someone else's book for a second <laughs> young adult adventure that is going to be in the episode show notes it's about wolves it's about like... wolves it's told I... from a wolf perspective how cool is that it was very difficult so please buy it <laughs> writing from an animal's perspective was really hard <laughs> but it was it was very enjoyable so i hope people enjoy it um and to, yeah no it should today when this episode is out i am doing a release party live stream on my youtube channel a healthy dose of fran uh, so it'll be in the evening so it'll be a couple of hours after this is out so if you've listened to this before then which you should have as soon as this is out you should be listening to this episode you should Come be able on, to join guys. the live Jeez. stream exactly join the live and, stream and and even if you can't join the live stream i'm sure there's always a vod that you could go watch afterwards yes and it will turn up eventually you'll just be watching the replay version which is still just as good um so yeah exactly. go, go, go watch the vod out. watch the vod or watch it live exactly <laughs> just but... give fan the views <laughs> give me the views and mama book <laughs> but uh as always though thank you all for joining us for these chapters be sure to join me next wednesday as we continue our own verse journey with the next story the demigod diaries son of magic it's a good one to plug where you can find our podcast we're available on spotify apple podcast audio boom stitcher and basically where we listen to your podcasts in the meantime between episodes you can find the best damn camp on various social media at best damn camp pod on instagram and twitter if you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode you can email the best damn camp at hotmail.com or if you want to support the podcast you can head over to the patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of fran which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks want more royal verse content check me out on youtube at a healthy dose of fran and if you want to support my writing career drop me a follow at a dose of fran on instagram twitter and tiktok again thank you all for tuning in as always i've been fran your very own hunter and i'll see shall speak to you all next time bye